And before we get started, let's just give a huge shout out to all of our fans there. We have just eclipsed the 500 listen mark on Anchor, and we definitely appreciate all the love from all over the world, worldwide. Yay! We are not sports sensor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Debate Amongst Friends. I am the Professor John Guy. My co-host over here is Doc Leesner, the podcasting beast, and we're ready to provide you with another fun edition of sports news, analysis, and the reads. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Debate Amongst Friends. I am Dr. Wednesday Night, the podcast beast, and my main man, the Professor John Gotti. How you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good, actually. You know? It's a nice, cool day. That rain in both areas has been pretty bad. My goodness. Uh, I'm just hoping I can get through this show. (laughs) (laughs) But... We had a huge, I mean, jam-packed sports weekend, and I guess we should just start right in the octagon. That's yeah. right, UFC one, excuse me, not one, two forty-six. I don't know where I got one from, but two forty-six in the Toyota Center in Houston, February eighth on Saturday, really late. We saw John Bones Jones versus Dominic Reyes. Go to the decision. That's right, five rounds. What were your initial thoughts, sir? So I didn't watch the fight because, unlike other people, I enjoy sleeping. Um, Again. (laughs) One eye open. But I was able to watch the highlights, um, and then I had a chance to watch the full fight. um, and, And one of the initial comments that I gave Doc, I'll say this, Again, because it actually turned out to be true. So this is one of those fights um, where, and, and I got to be as clear about it as possible. And I'm not saying be honest. That the, clear I'm not honest. saying the fix was it, but this is one of those type of fights, and we've seen this throughout just sports in general, from you know combat sports to football to basketball. Like there are particular events <laughs> and particular matches that happen where you could tell who's going to win. It doesn't matter mm. what happens. This person is going to win. And barring within this particular fight, folks, a knockout or absolute dominance by the devastator, that's Dominic Reyes, for those that don't know. Of course, that's right. That's John right. Bones is winning this fight, unfortunately. Uh, people, made the same, people made the same kind of comparison with Floyd Mayweather. For a couple of his fights, people felt like that he, you know, definitely should have lost a few fights um, because other people being the aggressors. So one of the things that I particularly saw was the like the lack of striking from Bones versus the actual striking. I mean, and I'm not trying to use being the aggressor as a culminating uh, standpoint towards who should win and who should lose, but I saw Reyes hitting a lot more strikes than bones so it was kind of weird um and even i had a chance to look at some a few different sources for the um strike cards um 
follow with the fight, and it shows Reyes hitting more shots. So I'm confused and baffled. Um, and you know, I had a chance to listen to a few people talk about it as well, too. Uh, more qualified sources uh, beyond ESPN, of course. Um, and they, but they essentially said the two takedowns that John Jones uh, did during the fight was the tipping point for him. And I'm just trying to understand. I'm trying to understand more on the weight behind that. Yeah. Well. And this is the way I thought. Now, I watched the whole fight, you know, and this is after watching some really, really good fights on the undercard. Mm-hmm. And at, that, at this point, and, you know, being, let's just say, being WWE fans where we've seen women close out a a, a, a pay-per-view, this honestly would have been better if I think her last name is uh, Shvchenko. Shvchenko, yep. Yeah, that lady is a Shevchenko. She's a beast. I would have been completely okay if they would have closed out this whole thing. And it's a, it does say co-main event. Yes. If they would have closed it out with that fight, I would have been completely happy. I would have been but, happy. But you know how we feel about that, The Co-main event means you're not the main event. <laughs> like, yeah, if you're not the last true. match, yeah. you're not the main event. It doesn't matter. And that's true. That is true. But uh, Shevchenko, um, that fight was really, really good. But this fight here, so I'm looking at it, and and when I thought about it and I saw the initial stats, I, of course, I couldn't do a number crunch because they don't really, they didn't really have the. No, they don't know, do the it. Statistics. Yeah, they, they don't do it live like that, unfortunately. Yeah, it was like really quick. Um, and actually, I don't even think these were the numbers that flashed on the screen. So right now, it shows total strikes. I didn't even think Jones threw this many strikes, but it said he threw 170 strikes, which I, I can't believe that he did that. Uh, and they're saying that he landed 107, which that's also something that I can't see happening. Um, significant strikes, he threw 166 and landed 104. Um, and then they're saying two for nine and takedowns. Now, yes. the percentages, 62%, 62%, and then takedowns two for nine 22%. is what they're I guess, 20, 22%. It was what they're saying is what carried him over. Now, honestly, I thought that two for nine should have been more, you know, it should have been more of five or six for nine because Dominic Reyes was gassed. Um, And you would have had to, if you, you didn't, if you didn't see it, I mean, I think even in his corner, and I don't know if they did the corners and the replays, but even his corner, he's like, hey, but I know you're tired, but I need you to finish up this fight. I mean, he was gassed. And I mean, I, I expected Jones to really like lay down on him and, and drop him more than two times. And that's why I credited Reyes with being able to really fight and and stay off the mat. Because I think had he went down on that mat, this match probably would have been over mm-hmm. in the fourth. Um, But yeah, based on everything that I saw, I didn't see any reason that Jones should have won in a in such a gap. Yes, Uh, I thought it should have been maybe a one or two point or a almost a split decision, almost. No, it was Um, unanimous, unfortunately. Yeah, and it was unanimous, and that's what makes it crazy. Um, well, but, it's not so much as crazy, and I understand that concept, but like it makes you, you know, raise an eyebrow and not like The Rock, you know, of okay, what else are they factoring in that is beyond just, you know, uh, the black and white numbers? 
Like, what else is happening? Are we looking to well, see who was being the aggressor? Are we looking to see, you know, who had like the 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 advantage, um, whether it's on the ground or within clinching? Because there was a lot of clinches in this fight. Not as many as I would have liked it to be. Well, compared to like the uh, <laughs> compared to USC two forty six, um, right. with the uh, Holly Holmes fight. Um, there was a lot of clinching <laughs> like that. It got so bad to where the people were booing. Yeah, not when they were. I mean, I didn't think this one was that bad. I thought they were they were staying off each other pretty pretty good. And honestly, I thought Jones was doing a little bit of running at some points when Reyes was attacking. Hence the reason why he was gassed. Um, I, honestly, only thing I can think of looking at the score, they went by the percentage. You know, like they, they went by these percentages. That's the only thing I can think of. When you look at the percentages and the gap, you know, the almost 20% gap in actual landing of punches, that would be the only reason to go with Jones. I mean, Dominic Reyes threw 263 strikes. That's a lot of strikes. And I don't know if they're counting those little slaps at the hand. I don't know if they're doing that. Well, and um, that's the other problem, too. We don't know what they're really counting as strikes. Because for what we know, you know, those little slaps, as the doc is mentioning, are yeah. being counted for Reyes, but it probably isn't really being counted for Jones. I mean, there were probably, there were probably some punches that was being thrown by Jones that wasn't really being counted for. I don't know. He really wasn't throwing a lot of punches, honestly. He was really just standing there getting tagged from what I saw. I mean, <laughs> that's, he, he was getting like – I mean, it was like tag you're in out there. I mean, it was pretty rough, if I'm being honest. But, it, you mentioned, think, but you mentioned – but you mentioned, and I hate to interrupt, but you mentioned one other thing that was happening because you, you was watching it live on pay-per-view, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, but yeah, you was mentioning know. the uh, fact that uh, John's family was there too. Uh, now I didn't. Um, they were asking if that was if this was his last match. I know I think I think Jay Riddy had said that, um, and I, I said I think somebody else said that he was moving up to a different weight class or something. That's not. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I thought he might be done because he, you know, he this luxurious feat, I guess, is what what you want to call it, um, and he might walk away in the sunset, I guess. But obviously. Dominic Reyes would want a rematch because he feels like he dominated the fight. And that wouldn't blame him either. And I think that would be some really good money right there. Well, you, you know, honestly, when Jones walked out, you know, um, I just was never feeling it. Like I, I, I felt like, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it. This is, you know, you, you get these pay-per-views, you know, you get these main events. And like I said, some of the other fights were really good, had interesting stories. Uh, the ladies, as I mentioned, even the fight before that, you know, um, uh, Adams versus Taffa, even that match was pretty good, even though it ended abruptly quick. Uh, and I felt bad for Adams, obviously, because he's from Houston and he got beat up in front of his Houston crowd. Uh, Can't go home but, after uh, that. <laughs> he, was, he was so disappointed. But you know, even that fight was pretty good, and, and Taffa really hit him with a really strong punch. But I felt like the strongest and the, the greatest strikes in this main event was lackluster. Like, Jones hit a, 
a roundhouse that was it was beautiful, like a spinning roundhouse. It was a, a I mean, it connected. But I tell you, Reyes did not flinch. He didn't stumble, and I was like, oh, uh. <laughs> you know. So it was just like there were no real big hits that like really dazzled. So I don't think the referees were going based on that. So it, it had to be more of you know. Well, what? and it's it's not the referees; action. it's the judges. That's what that's what I meant. The judges. I'm I'm by referees. I meant judges. Gotcha. Um, I feel like they must have been going specifically off of. Well, the percentages. Jones went with the Mayweather tactic, played a little defense, you know, hit some, you know, some significant strikes as you can see here. He took him down those two times strategically. Um, I don't think Reyes, yeah, Reyes, even though it doesn't show, it shows zero. I don't think Reyes ever looked to go to the ground no. at all. And and that's not his game, though. And that's fine. I mean, you know, and. I would have thought he would switch his game up because he he was really gassed, man, like really, really tired. And I really expected Jones to attempt even more takedowns. Like that would have been my whole strategy to get this guy on the ground, lean on him because he was gassed by the third, fourth round. That would have been money round for me. If I, if I had the energy like that and I'm Jones, I'm taking him down. I could understand um, that, but. Yeah, but I mean, other than that, I mean, he's still the champion. I was expecting Michael Buffer to say and knew, um, but you know, I thought we was going to have another, uh, you know, Howard Finkel moment. No, 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 we, we only got one of those. That was last week, folks. Okay, right, that's last week. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but yes, UFC 247 happened. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I wish, and, and if anybody gets this out to Dana White, you can tell them to. Please raise the time of these events. I mean, my goodness, like it's just so late. That's the only thing I hate about it. It's so late. Well, it starts uh, at like I want to say eight like p.m., 8. but like that's all well, the prelim stuff. I mean, I feel like the pre. Oh, it's ridiculous! Like yeah, it's, it's like, like it's like eight fights uh, that happen. Like they need to speed it up. Like, <laughs> skip some of those stories and skip some of those, you know. Promos and just let's get let's get it on, as my man Mills Wayne used to say. Let's get it on. <laughs> um, wow. But, but UFC two forty eight, you know, next month, March seventh. Um, you know, Adesanya versus Romero. That's the big main event that they're going with. Uh, hopefully, it's better than this one. Uh, Adesanya looks pretty good, eighteen and zero, going against Romero. So. Hopefully that's better than this, and it's not controversial, but we'll have to wait and see. Absolutely. But, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll have more Debate Amongst Friends right after these. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get out of the octagon and hit the hardwood because it's the NBA trade deadline. It passed. And like we always do, we like to talk about it. Doc, there was a bevy of trades. Some say blockbuster happened. I'm pretty sure you agree with me when I say it wasn't really a blockbuster trade. But I feel like they just needed something to talk about. 
Yeah, something. I mean, because I, I last week when we were about to hit the deadline, I was like, you know, there's a lot of rumors, but I mean, nothing's really happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, a few a few teams got better. A few teams made cap relief moves. A few teams tried to acquire some draft picks. Uh, but I didn't see anything that was like, hey, this team is going to win a championship based on this trade. Yeah, pretty much. I would say with the exception of maybe getting closer to being higher in the East, the Miami Heat. Yeah, and let's start off with that trade. Because I feel like that was the trade that many people didn't see happening or wanted to happen, but I'm glad it happened the way that it did to shut them up. Uh, So it was a three-team trade. We had the Miami Heat, as Doc mentioned, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Memphis Grizzlies. And there were no, I don't believe there was no draft picks being exchanged in this whole lot. No, they were just all, players. All players. So Minnesota received James Johnson forward. The Grizzlies received uh, Gorgie Dang, Dion Waiters, and Justice. That's, that's why your wins low. Wins low. That's and right. the Miami Heat received Jay Crowder. Solomon Hill and Andre Iguodala. Which is ridiculous. What are your thoughts on this trade? So, number one, I felt like I don't know how the Timberwolves got any wins for this. I mean, James Johnson is okay. Um, He's not a game changer at all. He's not a game changer. But you know something? I guess it makes sense based on the move that they made later yes. in the day. So in that, in that sense, sure. The Grizzlies, I feel like the Grizzlies got some pretty good pieces. I mean, Deion Waiters, they might not keep him because obviously we've heard several news stories about that. Yes. Uh, possible moving on. Uh, but Justice Winslow, I think, still has um, some room to grow. Um, and then, you know, Getting Dang is pretty good as well. Um, I think that's that's a pretty good move, and I know the Timberwolves are looking to get rid of that contract. I think they gave him a pretty good sum of money. Yes, and they wanted to move on from him again for the move that they made later on. Made sense, clear up some of that cap. Um, but the Miami Heat picking up three forwards, uh, defense. Three and D guys, really. That's really what they are. They're all three and D. Um, I would say out of this whole package that they got, I know people want to give Iggy the nod, but I personally think Crowder is the the nod. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, are we are we going there? Can 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 I finally say this? I think pairing Crowder with Butler is like far more beneficial. Just- yeah, and it's like almost like putting, you know, C four on top of another bomb of your choice. Uh, so <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? like you know, bomb on type of bomb. Like I think it's just the way it is. But it's like Jay Crowder. I think is going to bring what Prop usually wants to see, and what obviously Coach Pop wants, and that's the nasty. I saw what you did there. 
So wait, so, so so we can can we finally say that Andre Iguodala might be the most overrated player in the league right now? Oh, absolutely! I feel like they hyped him way too much. Way I, too much. And I forget who it was who said it, but um, somebody was giving him props for being able to really just chill the whole season, get paid a whole bunch of money, and then get traded pretty much to a contending team. I think that and was come in. Was that John Morant who said that? It was no, no, it wasn't Morant. It was someone else. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't Morant. Morant was actually going against him because he was he wanted to lead the team and all this other stuff. Um, but not only did he get you know traded, but he also got a two year extension for fifteen million dollars a season. Like who does that? <laughs> I have no idea. That's on Pat Riley. Oh my goodness. But with the pieces that Miami picked up, and this is why I said in the beginning, this is the only team I feel like that might have made themselves ultimately better when it comes to actually trying to make it to the playoffs because they picked up three solid, I'll say three solid forwards in a a division where, or a conference where you're going to have to go against Giannis. You know, you got to go against Ben Simmons. You know, you have to go against, you know, the Celtics and, and, you know, their forwards that they have. So it's like picking up these guys is huge. Yes. For the long run. I don't know about this title of Miami winning the Andre Iguodala sweepstakes, but Jay Crowder is a huge pickup. I think so too. But let's keep going because we have a few more trades that that we definitely want to talk about. Sure. Andre Drummond. Oh, that was such a slap in the face. Yeah. Let's talk about that real quickly. So he got moved to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Pistons received John Henson, Brandon Knight, who I didn't even know was still playing in the league, and a 2013 second-round pick, uh, either Cleveland's or Golden State. Uh, The only reason I know Brandon Knight's still in the league is because the Rockets traded him to Cleveland. Yes. So that's rough. I can't believe that happened. Um. Well, I can't. I take that back. I can't believe it happened. What I saw from Drummond last season in the playoffs, where he basically was taking a, you know, blue chips Tony dive, would look like in the playoffs. Yes, I don't blame him. Training. I don't blame him at all. No. No. Um. But he said he was blindsided. They they didn't even tell him. He found out, like most players find out, I guess. Oh, I don't think <laughs> when Wolf- that's the issue. I think the problem was, I think he was expecting them to, and this is all speculation, and I'm not confirming or denying this may or may not have happened because no one of Credible Source said this happened. But mm-hmm. I don't think the front office told him that he was on the trading block. And everything that, that we kept hearing was coming from beat writers and people just writing things. Well, here's the thing, and I think Chris Paul alluded to this as well when he got traded from the Rockets. It's like, I think it's one thing to, you know, hear from your general manager, like, hey, we're going to trade you. We're not blindsided. And especially if you're traded to a place like Cleveland. Yes. You're like, come on, man. I, 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 de- I dedicated – Years, years, 
and you're going to trade me to Cleveland? You could have found a better trade partner than that. And it, and it brought up the scenario of the death of the five. Right. Which maybe I'll just, and this, and see, the problem is, and, and here's where the issue is going to come in because here the Cavs are. They have Andre Drummond. They still got Tristan Thomas, Chuck mm-hmm. Thompson. They still got Kevin Love. Yep. Um, they got a whole bunch of young players. I wouldn't be surprised if Andre Drummond goes in there and dominates, but it's like, here you are now, a big fish in a small pond. Yeah. Except for Kevin Kevin Love. He hasn't, he hasn't, I don't know what's going on with Kevin Love. He just hasn't. I don't know got it together. what's going on. Yeah. But let's that's, go that's to pretty, let's, let's go to another one though. This is another pretty big one. Uh Marcus Morris heading to the Clippers from my Knickerbockers. It's not a Roly, it's a Stoli. <laughs> I, mean, I couldn't even believe it. Um, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, maybe the Knicks got somebody back in return. When I see when I seen Maurice Harkless, I was just like, what is that? What is that? Like, come on. They wanted more scoring, which I can understand that. But um, and I alluded to this before we went on the air. You did. You did. Uh, the Knicks received the uh, first round pick for the Clippers, which I wasn't really happy about. I'd rather us get the Washington Wizards uh, first round pick. Um, a first round swap rights for twenty twenty one. Top four protected, and Detroit's twenty twenty one second round pick that was coming from the Clippers as well. And the rights to a player who's currently playing overseas. Right. And, and of course, I initially felt, you know, pretty bad for Isaiah Thomas. Obviously, he was probably going to get cut. But, but he, he, you know, he got he got waived already. Yeah, that stinks. But hopefully he can, you know, get on the team soon and compete. But, I mean, I just felt like uh, – You really know exactly where, where uh, people started the, to go there. And no, not I, don't do I, don't, I don't think that's happening. Uh, um, which is funny because he, he, he got scorned there, so it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't think he would fit there, honestly. And that's just that's not me being a troll or anything. I don't think he would not, that's not me saying he's short or anything. I really don't think he would fit there. I think Doc is saying that he won't fit there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I just felt like the Knicks probably could have got at least, you know, they could have squeezed for somebody, but they had enough forwards to go on and obviously yeah. they wanted a first round pick for, for Morris. So I guess at the end of the day, at least they didn't settle for nothing. Uh, and and that's the only thing that I'm happy about is the fact that we just got we like if we only just got got Maurice Harkless and I'm not saying Maurice Harkless is a bum right. because anyone playing the NBA is awesome and they could play mm-hmm. and they could certainly beat Doc and Prof with one hand. True. But if we only just received Maurice Harkless, I would have been very upset about this. I just wanted to make sure that we said this now before people start saying, "Man, Doc and Prof said that they could destroy Maurice Harkless free." No, we're not saying that at all. <laughs> I mean, I would say shooter's chance, I guess. Maybe. Uh, and 80% with two hands got a fighting chance. <laughs> exactly. Shooter's chance. Uh, but I don't uh, know about that one. Either. I'm happy to mix so. Let's talk about that yes. other one. This is the Please. blockbuster. Four team. The big dog. Trade that happened with the Atlanta Hawks, Denver Nuggets, Houston Rockets, and Minnesota Timberwolves. 
And this alluded to what the doc was talking about, Minnesota's receiving like a B rather than like a C or a D. Yeah, I mean, because they were able to clear cap and then obviously they made the move to get D'Angelo Russell in exchange yep. for Andrew Wiggins. Uh, yes. So that made sense. So obviously um, Houston, many people know, received Jordan Bell. Actually, I think, yeah, because they received yeah. Jordan Bell, they received um, Covington. Mm-hmm. And then I think, see, we traded Bell after that. That's why I got kind of fuzzy. Um, but basically the trade was um, we traded Nene and Gerald Green, who are expiring contracts. I think Nene went to Atlanta with Clint Capella. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Atlanta waved Chandler Parsons, who I believe got to a car accident last week, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was last yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, get, get well soon, man. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, get well soon. But that guy. Also, right there, get well soon, too, to my uh, DoorDash driver from last night, too. Yes. <laughs> I'm still, still going to throw Chandler Parsons, the biggest thief in the NBA today, Chandler. <laughs> I mean, he came from the school of Maury. <laughs> he really did, and he worked the system. I believe. I think Daryl Maury helped him scheme this twenty-five million because there's just no way that should have happened. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Minnesota acquired Jared Vanderbilt and Evan Turner. Uh, the Nuggets obviously went and picked up some um, contract, some expiring contracts, probably trying to clear some cap room. But yeah. they also got. The Bass Napier, which is a pretty interesting deal, uh, as well as Noah Vonley, which uh, he's one of those guys that's kind of... Here's a guy. Yeah, he's kind of stuck in the middle of, he has good potential, but he just hasn't found the right place to play yet. Yes. Uh, Not to mention uh, as far as getting minutes, too, which is also a big yeah. deal. Like, I would have liked to see a, a guy like him in Houston. That might have been good. Um, but we took Jordan Bell, and I think we swapped some second-round picks. Um, but then we wound up trading Jordan Bell to the Grizzlies yes. for, um, I believe his name was Polo or something like that. Something weird. But I think he was hurt. So the big news out of all of this basically is that the Rockets are playing this small ball, and everybody's going crazy over it. I'm not going crazy over it, though. I think it's whatever. You know what I mean? I um, felt like people just want to say what they wanted to say. And then the game that happened later on that evening happened as well. And, of course, the Rockets won that game. So people had to kind of eat their words slightly. But then, but so- then they just said it's just the first game. <laughs> It's all objective. It's all subjective. It's like in this stat here, it says the Rockets are 10 and 1 in the games Capella has missed this season. And it's like, that's a great stat, but we're talking about the whole season. Yes. You know, and no, here's the thing. You know, this year, they've been saying he's been nagged by plantar fasciitis, which mm-hmm. I get. I, ha- I have it. So when it flares up and it's giving you a hard time, it's no junk. It's pretty much crippling. I mean, you can, you can barely walk. Yes. So I couldn't imagine needing to run up and down a court with that kind of 
nagging injury. Oh, it's it's a it's a pain. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you got to change shoes every week, every other day. You got to get massages. You got to. I mean, I can't even imagine. But they were saying he wasn't going to be. He's not going to be back until after the All Star break, which yes. of course this weekend. Um, but who knows how much longer he'll be out? So I don't know. I can't say whether it's a good trade or not. We'll have to wait and see how he comes back and plays for Atlanta. Will he be the next Chandler Parsons? Who knows? Who knows? I have no clue. He could be. But, I mean, a bunch of different teams are getting, like, tactically, such as Portland. Um, Golden State got a bevy of uh, picks. Um, I want to say coming from the 76ers. Um, mm-hmm. 76ers receiving uh, Alec Burke and Graham Robinson III. Uh, Dwayne Dedman, uh, someone who are, is barely getting recognition over the airways, uh, is finally out of Sacramento after you know publicly stating that he doesn't want to be part of the team anymore. So he's now oh, wow. in Atlanta Hawk. <laughs> Which is interesting because wasn't he there before? I, I want to say... Yes, yes, he was yeah, there. Yes. Hmm, that's interesting. So, interesting. I mean, we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, right. that's pretty much everything with the trade deadline for all the notable yeah. stuff. I thought it was pretty lackluster. It I mean, I, was I definitely lackluster. I thought of my team, you know, trading away our center and picking up a great free a great free and that, you know, we drafted. Um, or not, we didn't draft him. I think we signed him as unsigned free agent, undrafted free agent, and then let him go. And then he goes on to be great. Um, but it's just and, the and way, that, and that happens though. Like, like we can't yeah. act like, oh, well, you know, you knew that he would have been like that. Like, well, I mean, I kind of, I think I kind of knew. You know, I think Daryl Morey kind of knew too. He just, he just can't help himself when it comes to rookies. He just has to trade them. It's just the way hi, it is. Hi, hi, hi Daryl. I've met my friend James Dolan. <laughs> yeah, he just, he just can't help it. At least James gives them a like somewhat of a chance. Like Daryl's like, I'm drafting you specifically to trade you. Wow. <laughs> Thief in the night. But that's I mean, that's pretty much the NBA trade that done. Um in a nutshell. I mean, I don't even know what else really was happening outside of that. Uh Nothing, nothing happened. No, nothing of nothing of newsworthy in the NBA right now. <laughs> nothing. So I guess with that, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back to some real sports. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get off the hardwood and we're going to hit the gridiron. And no, we're not talking NFL. The NFL's over. It's done. Super Bowl's done. Congrats to the Chiefs. No, we got eight teams looking to go for the gold. We're not talking about the National Football League. This is the XFL. <laughs> wow. Wow. I can't believe you did that. Like, I can't believe you really did that. (laughs) 
to the XFL. <laughs> That's my league. <laughs> That's my league. <laughs> my league. Um, great week of football, really. I thought they did pretty good, actually. Um, I can't lie. I thought they did really, really well for themselves. Um, definitely much better than the previous launch, which I thought was more WrestleMania than football. It was very WrestleMania. Um, but I thought they did very, very well in launching. The, the, the game was really fast, fast-paced. Um, I kept reading articles that they were sold out, but I think that's definitely not True. I'm not looking at ticket sales. I don't yeah. try to do that because just like the WWE, when they say, you know, we have this number of people there, we all know it's a lie. So I don't look at ticket sales for these type of events, uh, for both professional athletes and professional wrestling. I don't do that. Indeed. But not to take anything away from the football, I thought it was really, really good. Uh, I thought the, the games were great. Um, there were a lot of jokes out there about, you know, <laughs> the D.C. Defenders being the new team of uh, that particular area and canceling the Washington Redskins. Uh, that was pretty hilarious. Um, and obviously, um, the obviously the Dallas team lost. I mean, that, that's neither here nor there. I, I don't know what to say there, but it happened. But most of this week really was about, I mean, D.C. And, I mean, the trick play. Oh, my God, the trick play heard around the world, I felt like. So I'm going to initially say this. Um, the XFL surprised a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people wasn't really looking to give it a chance. And a lot of right. and many of them were pleasantly surprised. Um, there's still a lot of naysayers who just want to say things just to say things. Right. But it was a nice, cool glass of water watching these games. Um, Doc mentioned the you defenders. I'm going to give them a – wait, wait, wait. I'm going to upgrade them. I'm going to say this is a nice, cool glass of sparkling water. Sparkling. Pick you up, folks. Pick you up. Yeah, nice. Yeah, you're right about the sparkling water. Um, compared to the, its first launch, um, where it was just a cluster of a lot of moving pieces trying to work as one, um, this one was a lot more organized. Um, you mentioned uh, the pace of play, which is something that I definitely agree with. Uh, I really enjoyed some of the new rules as well. Um, especially the kickoff rule. I thought that was uh, helping out with a lot of the fast-paced action that was going on. Um, you know, we normally would wait 45 to about two and a half minutes before we see an offense really get onto the field. But you're seeing more kicks, um, kickoffs being fielded um, and ran out versus touchbacks. So I really enjoyed that piece of the game. Um, I mean, we we... We feel a certain type of way about the one foot in rule, but I think the notion of processing the full catch is, you know, still going to be something that's going to be 
uh, refined, but I like the fact that, you know, we didn't, we didn't spend too much time talking about what the heck is a catch. I'm pretty sure you can agree True. with that. I can definitely agree with that. And I think ultimately the decision to go with the shorter kickoff and the one catch, the one foot catch rule really is to speed the game up. And I didn't even notice how long the play clock was. I feel like the play clock had to be like 25 or 30 seconds. Like it was really, really fast. It was actually, it was. Um, And I I found a few very interesting stats too, heading out of there. Um, you know, A, Cardell Jones, you know, who had an excellent first game for the defenders. Uh, people are saying it's a breakout performance, but it's really just goes back to, as we keep saying, you know, getting onto the field and getting that chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty much but you what know, it is. But you know who people are really talking about? They're talking about Philip Walker. Yes. Roughnecks. He's the quote-unquote current Lamar Jackson of the XFL. He's the guy that all the fans are saying, oh, we need to pick him up because our quarterback stinks. See, and that right there, that's what we don't want this early with the XFL. <laughs> like, what we'll do is we'll get, we'll get the WWE all over again. Oh, my gosh. Well, we talked about this, too, on um, uh, the day before. Before the XFL started, uh, we were talking about how much, how it used to be for the first time XFL launched, how it was more of a tryout for the NFL, uh, for players to show what they got so they get picked up by NFL team. I don't think that's the case now. See, I really sure. don't. I'm not sure because, like, I could see some of these guys, especially the way the contract is. And when the season starts, like I could see guys like, you know what? I could see the reverse happening. Guys like, you know what? I'm actually going to not stay on or accept a practice squad role in the NFL. And I'm just going to go play in the XFL and have some fun. Because I well, mean. And, and, we, and you mentioned the salary stuff. Um, we actually had yeah. someone that uh, we knew put up what the salary structure is, it's actually not that bad. Um, mm. And the bonus if you win the game. Yes. I think that's a really nice incentive for people to really give it their all. Mm-hmm. And we don't have an issue like a, you know, diva okay. wide receivers who decided to lose their mind and do stuff and right. throw stuff at cops. Right. Hi, Antonio Brown. <laughs> Antonio, don't you call me Nino Brown. Uh, well, like, I turn to people- Brown, but that's not so oh, But these guys are hungry, though. They're really hungry. And I yes. Like it. it's, 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 it's really good so far. Um, I'm really happy with what they've done. I think the product is good. I think Vince brought in the right advisors this time. He actually brought in the right people. So far, it looks good. The officiating's good. The product so far is good. I think this could be something that could last. And it would have been better yes. if the XFL – actually, no, I take that back. If the – what was that? The AFL? Was that what it was? The 
Uh, AAF. A, yeah, if they would have waited, because their problem was money, and guess their what? problem was Vince, definitely money. Vince McMahon has a lot of money, so if they would have waited, they might have been able to do some type of merger and really put together a, a bigger product. They could have possibly had more teams, because you know, obviously, you know, starting with eight teams is cool, but starting with sixteen teams would have been even better. Yes. Um, but I, I think this is going to be pretty awesome. I'm looking forward to a full season of this. Um, it gives us that, like I said, that crisp, not soda, not soda, but sparkling water. <laughs> it's crisp. It's tasty. You know, we're, we're getting over that Super Bowl where we've drunken all the champagne, all the beer is all gone. And here we are. We got to hydrate. We're not drinking regular water. We're getting just a little bit of sparkling water to uh, balance our our palate here. And it's it's a really really refreshing experience so far. I do to agree with that. Football, like to keep having football through freaking February. Um, and you mentioned uh, the AAF and how much they could have levied off of what XFL has built upon. That would have been an excellent opportunity to show like two different conferences, the XFL and the AAF, having which is exactly, essentially be their own conference, which is essentially what the NFL kind of has. Exactly, it would have been it would have been perfect, you know. what I mean, because I mean, Vince could have literally went there and say, you know what, I'll buy you guys out, I'll I'll bill you out. We'll just make this. We'll just we'll freak this a little bit. I got you. I'm yes. gonna give you the money. Don't you worry about it. But come February, and who knows, maybe next year it'll happen. Anything could happen. Anything, especially with Vince McMahon. He got all the money. I mean, he's probably just like, hey, let's do it. Mm-hmm. But it's a good product, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm glad that they're not trying to compete with the NFL. I'm really not trying to compete with anybody at this point because there's no other leagues at this point at this time. Any football really- American leagues yeah it's really giving people what they want which is continued football and it gives us an opportunity to continue talking about football through the months where we typically don't get a chance to yes and also big shout out to matt mcgloin who had a great uh opening game too for the new york guardians by the way i mean shout out to the new york team actually getting the w yeah they they're that crowd was so hyped from beginning to end. Yeah. And it really yeah. helped feed into their defense too. Uh, also, too, another nice, you know, uh, surprise, not really a surprise, but someone who, you know, probably people didn't know about before, speaking of the Guardians, Kobe Pearson, who was just having so many tough catches. Like, it was amazing. That's awesome. I mean, like I said, can't take anything away from him. I really thought that the entire weekend of sports was really awesome. And I'm hoping that we get a chance to experience more. I mean, I'm just happy that another Dallas team won. Folks, we're going to call this one for now. We're going to do another quick commercial break. And after this, we'll have more debate amongst friends right after these messages. Boom.
Sticking to the gridiron, it is time for our NFL year in review. And this year, we're going to try a little something different. We're going to use the 2020 draft order uh, just to give us a little bit of structure. And we're going to actually start from the 32nd pick, which is the Kansas City Chiefs. Probably the good, the bad, the ugly. They're the champs. I mean, what, how, what, where, where do we go from here? I mean, the good... They got Patrick Mahomes back from injury. I mean, that, that helped save their year and allowed them to do what they needed to do to win the championship. Um, I felt like where they still failed that is uh, still the defense. The defense was still pretty suspect. Um, I just felt like the offense definitely carried a lot more of the load. Granted, the playoffs definitely showed a different story, but I feel like that's something that they can definitely improve on. Um, and that's where I think they can definitely improve on this, just siphoning that defense so they can uh, put Patrick Mahomes back on the field a lot more. Doc? I think they definitely need to upgrade their pass rush. Um, obviously, they have some age, some guys who are aging. Um, and I think if they were able to get better on the defensive side of the ball, as you stated, I think they'll be right back. And obviously, you know, sources already have them up for the repeat. So we'll see how that goes. Next, Next we have go for it. the San Francisco 49ers, the runner-up of the 2019-2020 NFL season. Doc, where did they succeed, fail, and where did they go next? I think the success is the defense. Um, I think their defense was top-notch. Um, obviously, you know, Richard Sherman's getting a little older, so they might want to start looking to replace his replacement. But if it was me and, you know, I would be looking to try and get one more receiver uh, on the offense. Um, I like Emmanuel Sanders. Obviously, I like Debo, but I felt like that was something that they were missing. Just one more target for Jimmy G. Um, I feel like their offensive line is pretty solid, but a wide receiver that can actually help, um, I guess, uh, get them a little spark. And whether that's through the draft or through free agency, they need a spark. Um, I completely agree with you. Um, I think they need a legit number three. Uh, that could be a threat. Um, I felt like that's where they failed at because, um, as we mentioned during the uh, prediction show, um, it's either Debo or George Kittle, and that's it. Right. That's it. That's it. Um, but ultimately, I wouldn't be mad if they decided to, to draft or sign uh, another corner, because obviously Richard Sherman's getting older. Uh, with the 30th pick, ding, 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 the Green Bay Packers, yikes. Um, the way they got beat up on defense, I mean, in the playoffs, ah, yikes. I don't know. I feel like it has to be something on defense. Their defense just struggled. Um, they, they lost some veteran pieces, obviously. Um, they've been kind of reshaping, retooling. Um, I'm going to stick with the defensive side. Strength, obviously, offense. They got Aaron Rodgers. I think he's there for at least – another three to five years, depending on how long he wants to play. Um, they always seem to find running backs by the weirdest ways. It's never just a clear-cut running back. So offensively, I don't think that's somewhere I would go. 
somewhere on the defense they need help. I don't know where it is, but they need it. Um, I'm gonna take a different track with this. So um, I think they 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 was they were the antithesis of being a, a grinding team. So they won a lot of games that they really shouldn't have won, um, mm. and they managed to make it up to the NFC uh, conference championship game. So kudos to them. Their weakness, they need better structure. Um, even though they won those games, like it didn't look pretty, and it all culminated to that NFC conference championship blowout. <laughs> mm, um, so mm-hmm. I felt like that's where they need to go from there. Um, you know, uh, Matt LaFleur is going to a second year, so you know, maybe he'll create a little bit more structure behind there. And I agree with you also about the defense. Boom. Next, we have the Dukes team, the Tennessee Titans at 29. Um, hopefully, they can go ahead and re-sign Derrick Henry because that's their bright spot. Um, that would be, I don't care what you have to pay. I think you just do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Honestly, their weakness, you know, something coming up. And I mean, this is going to sound crazy because, you know, Tannehill had a great year, but quarterback is going to be their point of emphasis. You know, do they stick with Tannehill? Do they try to bring in somebody like Phillip Rivers or, you know, one of the other veteran quarterbacks? I think that's going to be their weakest spot going into the offseason. But for the whole year, I feel like they've just played with the magic. That's interesting. So I'm going to say their success, I agree with you. Their carry needs to be resigned. Like, just give them all the money. Uh, all but it. not so much that it cripples them. But I will say they need another receiver to open up the field. Like, hmm. a big receiver to help open up that field. Because despite how much people may say about Ryan Tannehill, when he needed to throw the ball, he threw the ball. True. That's true. And... I don't think, and you know, Doc said this all the time, where people just need to watch the games. There's a lot of drop passes that happen, mm-hmm. and I felt like it if they get themselves a pretty good big time receiver uh, that can, you know, become Broadway, you know, that would just open up the door for the Titans going forward. Hmm. We'll see what happens. Uh, but throw all the money at Derrick Henry. I don't care all what it. happens. All of it. All right. Twentieth pick. Obviously, the bright spot is the MVP, Lamar, yes, and no, I'm a running back. No, I'm a running quarterback, Jackson. Obviously, I think for the Ravens, they were so good on both sides of the ball. I think ultimately, they'll probably always draft defense. (laughs) I don't think they, they hardly ever draft offense outside of getting Lamar Jackson. I feel like they always draft defense, and I think they'll continue to draft defense. They'll probably continue to sign free agents on defense. Um, but the I didn't really see anything bad with them. I just think that, you know, when it came to the playoffs, they got figured out, you know, and, and that was it. Uh, I think, you know, they their time just ran out. They were the weakest link. Goodbye. Au revoir. Um, I agree about Lamar Jackson uh, as far as – being like the biggest bright spot there. Uh, and we saw some shades of it last year, but it really culminated this year. Like it really just showed. 
Uh, he inspired a lot of people, a lot of kids. So, you know, you have a player being able to do that. The quarterback position is always good. Their weakness and something that they need to uh, work on going forward, maturity. Mm. They need to get become much more mature because when they got into the playoffs, they were way acting way too big for their bridges. The whole big trust thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and it impacted the way that they played on the field. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they just they 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 hung their hat so much on the home run ball. And True. they need to, you know, have a little bit more balance when it comes to their offensive schemes. I get it, big plays are great, but it they, they need they need to get that short game going. No, indeed. You're absolutely right. Uh, and I think that um, ultimately they will. I mean, they're still a growing team, a young team. Um, hopefully they can come back and repeat uh, with that same success. All right. Number 27, we have the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, this is a tough one. They're a good team. Um, they just need to get. I feel like they just need to get healthy. I, th- I feel like the, the the bright spot obviously is always going to be Russell Wilson, not Westbrook, but Wilson. Um, but the downfall was the the injuries. You know, I think just piled up, and then the Seahawks try and keep talent around Russell, but it's always been a struggle. Uh, I would say the injuries are huge yes. uh, for Seattle. And, you know, obviously going into the draft and the free agency, I, I don't know. It just depends on the, the nature of those injuries, honestly. Um, bright spot, Russell Wilson, hands down. Um, also, too, Rashad Penny, who had a great season until his injury. Went to um, the and, injury, not, yeah. and not a lot of people talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. The downside, of course, was uh, all the injuries. Their running back core just got destroyed. Of course, that reflected the way that they played. But going forward, one thing that I want them to do better of, I mean, yes, they, you know, barring injuries, of course, is not making Russell Wilson into the next Aaron Rodgers. And really quickly, what I mean is don't expect him to completely carry your team. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's what he's doing. I mean, he's been doing it for like, and I don't even know how he does it. It's the burnout. It's the burnout that I worry about. I can understand that. I can understand that completely. All right. So, with the next pick, which I I believe they have more than one, but the Miami, the Miami Dolphins, um, yikes, um, bright spot. Hmm. Um, they didn't quit. They didn't quit. <laughs> I was going to say that too. Actually, they fought until the end. Yes, they, they. They every game was the last game, and they yep. had to put it all on the line. I will say this um, real quickly, though. They had some really entertaining games this year. Yeah, the, there was the um, the tour bowl, which I guess is now would have been the. Burrow Bowl. The uh, Burrow Bowl, but it was a Tua Bowl at that point. Yes. Uh, tank for Tua. Uh, but they they really came out and they really they really kept fighting. and They just need game changers, uh, offense and defense. Uh, yes. And it's going to be tough, uh, a tough rebuild. But I'm really hoping for that coach. I'm really hoping for big things because I, I think I'm, I'm tired of New England coaches not doing well. I want them to do well. 
Bob, and I actually fully agree with you. There's, there's nothing I can say that will either uh, further support it or uh, remit what you say. So, number 25. There you go. Let's get off of that one. Oh, God. The Minnesota Vikings. I mean, the bright spot, I'm going to say this is another one of the scenes where it's possibly the defense. Uh, I think that de- defensively they – are um, pretty stout. They just never finish, you know. That's the that's the blessing and the curse of his team. They never finish. It's like they show up, they play great during the season, and the playoff comes, and uh, they wet the bed, so to speak. Um, Brights, uh, the, the, I guess it's, the defense is a blessing and a curse. Yes. Um, I don't know where they go from here because their offense is okay. Uh, it's okay. It's nothing like super. Sp- Special, and, and I think that's what it comes down to. I don't know what they would upgrade, though. Um, I'll say they need another corner. They need a, a pretty good corner to help out. Um, for me, I think their secondary was their weak point. Hmm. Well, I can agree with that. I think that they – that's secondary. It, it's, it's weird because sometimes they play really well. Like Xavier Rose – some games he's really, really good, and then other games he's not. He's not. <laughs> and that's tough. That's really, really tough. Um, but next pick, the New Orleans Saints. Bright spot, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. Stayed healthy, um, you know, was able to, to provide consistent – you know, stats, regardless of who's throwing to him. Um, and it was just able to just thrive. I mean, he's there. He's going to be their franchise player, you know, even over Kamara. The downside, this, I'm going to say, I'm going to have to say the defense. There's another team that just. Like they they play well during the season, but they just have mental lapses yes. at the wrong time. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Um, I was gonna say, as far as the low point for them was the secondary. It's really the secondary that's that's more the issue. I wasn't going to go the secondary because the secondary is really good. The secondary is really good, good. but they're not consistent, and that's the problem. So ridiculous. I guess we would have to go back to that. Going going forward, I mean, they just got to hope they get a good good flip of the coin when it comes to the referees. I went there. Number 23, we got the New England Patriots. I mean... The good, honestly, is that they let Antonio Brown go. <laughs> um, I, I did personally well. Um, the defense was okay, but them getting rid of Antonio Brown was really, really big. That was the bright spot of the whole year. Are you are you done right now? Like, are you? <laughs> So I'm going to say this year, I'm going to laugh immediately. So their bright spot was getting rid of Antonio Brown. Where they failed was getting rid of Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon. <laughs> you know, 
and, and I'm saying that trolling, but when you think about it, you'll agree with me too. Huge. It is huge. Because they really needed them. They really needed both of them. During, they needed a receiver like, going forward. They still need a receiver. Yeah, they do. Um, and we don't even know what's going to happen with Tom Brady. So they might need a quarterback and a wide receiver. We'll see. We will see. The Buffalo Bills. I would say Josh Allen. I thought he played really well. Um <sighs> Negatively, in the playoffs, it was Josh Allen also. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but I would say their defense just wasn't consistent. This is another defense. I think they, they're going to need to bring in some additional pieces to help out the, the young defense, um, which, you know, they came a long way from a year ago where, you know, they had players quitting on the sidelines. So just think about where they came. Or from. retired uh, at halftime. Exactly, quitting on the. That's right, quitting. He basically quit. <laughs> so um, that's what I'm going with. I'm going with Josh Allen in the defense. Um, I'll say Josh Allen was definitely a surprising bright spot for them. Um, I would say where they failed overall is being consistent on both sides of the ball. Uh, because the oh. offense, we're just playing uh, just not even half speed, like a quarter speed. And then the defense would, you know, shut someone down for a whole half and then give up like 50 points in the next half. That's unacceptable. And that's completely unacceptable. Unacceptable. Okay. Next we have the Philadelphia Eagles. Yikes. Uh, the bright spot, I would say the running back core. Um. The running back core is where it's at. <laughs> I mean, th this is it. Despite the injuries, the running back core is where it's at. The downfall is the receiving core. The receiving core is no bueno. Um, the injuries, the 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 works, and it just so happens to throw on top of that a little sprinkles. Carson Wentz. The bright Carson spot. Wentz. I got two. Um... Go for it. First is being rugged. Uh, it was a team that, despite all the injuries, was still able to have a pretty good winning season. Um, mm -hmm. The one game over 500 still winning season. And the second one is they beat the Cowboys and won the mm -hmm. <laughs> <won a> division. <laughs> no, it's funny because, and I'm a little biased because right now I'm watching all in on Amazon Prime video. Of course. And they're the, the highlight of the season, and I'm watching it as it unfolds, and I'm like, you know, that's the only reason I'm giving the running back core. And that's fair. Yeah, that's really it, because I've seen what they had to do, and the receiving core just let Wentz down, then Wentz let Philly down, and it's it's just a lot. And real quickly, the downside and what they need to prove on is their division sucks. Oh, God. It does suck. And I'm leaving that back. There is one no, team that, that we're going to forget on this list, and I figured let's talk about it right now, the Houston Texans. Sure. Houston Texans. Um, obviously, Deshaun Watson. Um, and I would say this is another team played by – no, I'm not going to say injuries. It's the offensive line. Yes. Yeah, it's the offensive line. The offensive line oh, needs to play. Really needs to play. Do. 
I really, really do. It's At number 20, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville Jaguars, I would say their bright spot. I would say if I had to pick anything, I don't even know. Yeah. I guess, I guess Minshew, um, the games that he played. Um, the team stinks, though. I the, don't know what the happened. The team to them. just stinks. Like I, I'm yeah. gonna say question mark for good and like everything for bad. Yeah, and 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 if we can kind of go to the Raiders and just say Josh Jacobs, yes, and bad as well, <laughs> um, because the Oakland Raiders, I, I don't know what Gruden. He's definitely far, but. Josh Jacobs was a good start. And we just got to see if they'll, you know, run the offense through Josh Jacobs going into next year, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, So then we skip past 18 and move up to 17, where we have the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Bright spot. Them, them boys, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. This year is kind of rough because and, and and negative. I'll just say they were just completely overrated. Nobody played exceptional this year. No, no one, one did. Um, I mean, you think about it, Demarcus Lawrence. No, you know Zeke. No, no. the offensive line. No, no. Um, nobody played exceptional. So and that's why I say they're just being overrated. Then believe yeah, it at it that. That if y'all don't know what we're talking about, watch some of the past episodes. Yeah, just just. I mean, I, I got nothing. Um, 16, 16, the Atlanta Falcons. Ooh. I'm going to say question mark and everything for this one. Like they, yeah, they, were, they, were, they were a mess. Uh, same thing with the Broncos, too. Yeah, I feel like the only, only thing I will say about the Falcons is eventually they may have to, it's unfortunate, but they may have to just trade Julio Jones and kind of start fresh. Oh, boy. Julio Jones to the Patriots confirmed, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, oh. Actually, you went there. Number number 14, the Docs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bright spot, obviously. I'm going to say Shaq Barrett. Um, The defense as a whole, but Shaq Barrett, obviously, dominating. Um, And a, a kind of two-for-one kind of thing. Obviously, Jameis Winston having his own coin. <laughs> um, you know, um, I would say the worst of the worst would probably be kicking. Yes. Um, we, we just keep missing kicking. We just can't. We just can't. Uh, uh, definitely going forward, you need to find a strong kicker. We might just need to trade our first-round pick and just go get Justin Tucker and just call it a day. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you know how high I'm on Justin Sucker too, man. Like, know. You know, you know how much I I really love that player, man. I know, I know. But and and the, I completely agree with Doc. There's nothing I can say there. <laughs> yeah. The Indianapolis Colts. I think they really, really got kind of screwed with the whole Andrew Luck thing. Yes. Um, but right spot, the defense. Um, I think. Their defense, see their whole defense. 
their linebacker core, I think, is really, really good. Um, obviously, the offense as a whole, mostly Jacoby Brissett, I would say, was the downfall. Um, he's a good player, but I just didn't think – I never felt like he had a full grasp on this offense. I feel like Jacoby Brissett was pushed into a losing situation and somehow managed to make uh, lemonade out of this pile of lemons. Um, I will say this going forward, wait and see what happens with the Colts, folks. They might actually surprise people next year. Depending, because, I mean, there's rumors that they may get um, a veteran quarterback, so we'll see what happens. Um, I did notice that there's another team that we're not going to talk about on this list, and that is the St. Louis Rams. Yes. Excuse me. Excuse me. The L.A. Rams. Yep. You knew I was waiting. I was like, yes. <laughs> he did it again. Mm-hmm. That little punk. Um, but, yes, the Rams, bright spots. No, They're getting like, a new stadium? Yeah, I feel like golf is on that same coin. As, I mean, it's not as shiny as Jameis's, but, I mean, it's pretty rough. I think the downside is they dealt with Super Bowl hangover, and, like, it just showed, like, they just collapsed in a lot of games. And it hurt them badly. It really, it really did. All right. So Number 11, next. we got the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, I don't know. This is another question mark, really. I'm going to say question mark, question mark, and going forward, I apologize, Papa Doc, <laughs> for your team. <laughs> I don't know. I mean... Yeah, it's know. it's weird with them. They they need I don't know what they need. I don't either. It's 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 tough. But this next team though, I feel like we got a pretty good grasp on them. The Cleveland Browns. I think the bright spot of the Cleveland Browns is I, I think I think they they became humble. Well. That's not really a bright spot. I mean, that was a low point. I, I think, think I think that's a bright spot for them. They needed to be humbled. They needed nah, to be humbled. See, I don't think it was them though. I think it was the media. The it media needed to be humbled. The media. But uh, we're not going to go into that. We're not going to go into that. We, we still got nine more nine more teams to go through. We don't have much, much time left for this second. So I don't think it's going to be nine more. It's not, it's not nine. But the Browns. I think honestly, Odell Beckham Jr. was their bright spot. Yes. Um, as far as their low points, it would definitely be the defense. Uh, their defense just – it just didn't – they just didn't hold up. Their defense um, and offensive line. Definitely not. And um, I did notice that – I was talking about the Browns. There's a team we didn't get a chance to go over, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Mike Tomlin it was the bright spot, um, as well as the corner they was able to acquire. That pretty much helped True. save their season. Go ahead. At big time save. And um, the low point, everything else. Quarterback, big time. Everything else. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's move on here to the Arizona Cardinals at number eight. Uh, Kyler Murray, bright spot. Yes. Hands down. That's it. Um, yes. 
Low point. Pick your poison, folks. <laughs> I would say the low point um, was the running game, the running backs. I didn't think the running backs helped Colin Murray this year at all. David, I don't Johnson think the that. running game started until like late in the season. Yeah, it was pretty tough. Number and going seven, forward, just building around Colin Murray. True. Number seven, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, bright spot, obviously, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey. Low point. I mean, quarterback. I'm gonna go quarterback play again. Yeah. And going Listen, forward, Cam. I mean, Cam's probably not going to be there. But Ron isn't there anymore, so change is coming in Carolina. True. Uh, the Chargers. Oh, we're yes. gonna have to stop recording. <laughs> the Chargers. I don't. I don't even know, bro. I don't know. Who, they got a lot of injuries, so the people that probably would have been in here. Oh, Eckler. Eckler yes. would have been their bright spot. Yes. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Melvin Gordon, but <clears throat> somehow they may need to get Eckler the ball pretty much. <laughs> I can see that. And bright spot, and I agree with you both of them. Uh, bright spot, I'll say congratulations to winning the two sweet stakes, I guess. Maybe. Maybe. If he, we'll if see. He can get past number five. Yeah. Maybe they'll trade up or something. Um number four, the New York Giants. Yikes. Shaquan Barkley. Say I'm just Barclay, gonna say Shaquan Barkley. Yeah. Like there's just the Barkley, yeah. Um, because they just and they just didn't do it. Like they, they had the tools. They have to, the to tools. Move. Especially with the division, as you already have said, stinks. The division uh, sucks. Not even stink. Yeah. I I was trying to be PC with it. I guess I shouldn't have. That division freaking stinks. Yes, it does. Like there's nothing else I can say there. Like, let's just keep going. Because we're gonna we're gonna get upset about it and just start ragging on them. Like, let's just stop. Detroit Lions. <laughs> Next. <laughs> the Washington Redskins. <laughs> and then the Cincinnati Bengals. Congratulations for getting Joe Burrow, and I'm sorry, Joe Burrow. <laughs> um, like, is it bad that I'm right about these three? I mean, you're not wrong. I can tell you that. I mean, I'm, okay, I'm, seriously, though. Okay, so... The Lions. Uh, what's his name? David Blow. And that that lasted but so long. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Redskins. I don't know. Peterson's They're about to playing. ruin another young quarterback's career. Adrian Peterson's still playing. That's that's pretty much all I can. That's all I got. I mean, and I don't even know who plays for the Bengals. I mean, at least at least your boy, the Red Rocket, got to play a few games. It's not my boy. It's not my boy at all. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know what her uh, name. Uh, TCU Zone. Uh, these three teams suck, folks. I'm sorry. 
I mean, they, they have they have a lot of work to go, and you know, and like like I said, even though I was jokingly saying it, but I feel really bad for Joe Burrow to head into that situation. Unfortunately, well, hopefully they're able to change the course um, in which you know the previous regime had it set on. I mean, I guess that's a bright spot. They got rid of Marvin Lewis finally. Yeah, but I mean, what a mess. It was a, it was an absolute cluster. And I kind of feel bad for Ron Rivera too, having to clean up the Redskins. I mean, then that's, that's why I started. That's why all I could do is laugh. I'm like, that is a hoot in the handy. Yeah, it's gonna be a pretty pretty big mess. Uh, but um, I don't know what to do with the Lions. I wouldn't be surprised if they move on from Matthew Stafford. Speaking of people letting go of quarterbacks, I wouldn't be surprised. Which is weird because I don't think he's the problem. And he's not even injury prone anymore. It's everything else that's the problem. I mean, Matthew Stafford really hasn't played a full season the last couple of years. Yeah, but compared to like maybe four years ago. True. Like, um, but it really, Stafford's kind of on a, um, you know, not to play him out, but he's kind of on a Bradford type run right now. Sam Bradford, that was the quarterback we kept trying to. Uh, mentioned before, it was Sam Bradford. Yeah, he's he's kind of on a Bradford esque run. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they 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 try to start over. And I know they they everybody keeps saying that they're going to draft the corner, but I would not be surprised if the Lions say, you know what, we need a quarterback. You know what? David Blow isn't the <laughs> David Blow isn't the answer. I don't know. I don't know. These, these these three teams are a complete shipwreck. And that's coming a lot from a Bucks fan. That is coming a lot from a Bucks fan. <laughs> um, but neither here nor there. I mean, that's our year in review. I'm looking forward to the draft um, in a little two uh, two months. Yeah, about yeah, a little over. Yeah, a little over two months. Maybe about a week or so. Um, I'm looking forward to the draft. Um, it's always always exciting. Um, the NFL season is over, but as we mentioned before, at least we got that XFL to carry us through the draft and through pretty much through August, hopefully. Um, see what happens. But anything else for any of these teams? Do we skip any teams? Let's just go down here and double check. Let's see. The Raven. Let's see. Yeah, it looks like we went over all the teams. Yeah, we got all the teams. We got it seems. Awesome. Um, well, we will be right back with a two-minute drill. Ladies and gentlemen, at the end of every show, we like to do what's called a two-minute drill, where we go over topics and discussions that we didn't go over during the actual show. And this week, we're going to start with Prof. A quick esports reference. Um, The Team Liquid and one of Doc's favorite players, Hungrybox, is doing a series that is parodying the Hot Ones, which is a YouTube series where he is taking esports players and is essentially doing the same concept, but it's called Hot Ones. And the latest episode was featuring YouTube King, a Smash Brothers god. Awesome, awesome. And on to college basketball, since uh, the madness is almost here, teams are jockeying for position. 
games within the last 24 to 48 hours. The latest game, Duke beating Florida State, the number eight team, and the rivalry here in the ACC, Duke versus UNC. Duke with the two-point win in overtime. What a game. And that is all for this week's show. Be sure to tune in to us next week as we will have more stories for you. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to Debate Amongst Friends. Give us a follow on our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also listen to all of our Debate Amongst Friends podcasts here on Anchor, as well as Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and iTunes. And like we always say, goodbye, and to all, a good night. L-E-S-G. Peace the ocean. Yay!